This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. What's up, everybody? It's episode 79 of Fears in the Lot. In this episode, we started off talking about the Olympics. And please keep in mind that this episode was recorded before the events of the men's USA versus Slovakia game. Then we got into talking about the new coach of the Montreal Canadiens, Martin Saint-Louis. And then we just couldn't help ourselves. We started reminiscing about the 2004 Lightning and that team that won the Cup. So here we go. Shall we crack them? Yeah, let's. Shit. Johnny, that doesn't look like a beer. Does not. (laughs) He sounds so angry about it. I am. You guys go ahead and tell me what you're drinking. And then I'll tell you what I'm drinking, followed by a rant. (laughs) so what you're saying is you're gonna do some written shit and you get to go last (laughs) little Eminem reference there in the spirit of the Super Bowl (laughs) yeah what are you drinking I have from Great Lakes Brewing Company an Elliot Ness Amber Lager okay cool cool yeah no complaints is that from the beer subscription pack no this is from the store, I oh <laughs> wow just picked these up. A store got beer like the Look way you. normal people do it. Look at you, <laughs> the way normal people do. <laughs> Not from the stagecoach, you know, Robin or anything. <laughs> Those normies, <Yeah. laughs> normies. <laughs> what do you have, Daniel? Uh, so I have a very fitting beer tonight. Uh, from Ale Works Brewing Company. Bitter Valentine, Double India Pale Ale. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very fitting. Yes. And uh, we're playing we're playing a man down tonight. So, uh, Johnny, what do you have there? And then you can go into your rant. Oh. Uh, so I have uh, Maker's Mark this evening. And the reason why is, so last couple of weeks, I've been going to various liquor stores when I get the opportunity to get three or four craft beers at a time and singles, cause that way there's a little variety and I like trying stuff. Well, about December ish, I noticed that a lot of the beers in my vicinity were out of date, which I, I have an issue when there's date on it, there's a reason it's there. So I won't drink it even if it's the day after. Yeah. You should start looking at the dates on your brouhaha's. I do. <laughs> so anyway, mine's pretty fresh. I went, to two places last week and didn't see anything that was in date that I wanted to try. So I was like, all right, I'm bopping around the area. Uh, you know, the next couple of days I'll stop. I stopped at a chain that is well known in this area. Some would say it's a total location for a lot of your craft needs, wine, beer, other things, etc. I don't remember the name of it, but anyway, <laughs> every fucking beer I wanted to try expired like right around Thanksgiving or right before Christmas. Hmm. Let's just say it expired on Friday and I grab that can on a Monday. You're not going to notice much, but some of the beers I swear 
if I get it a month after date or two, I know it's out of, I know it's just off. I can taste the second I sip it. Once it hits your lips. Yeah. <laughs> Once it hits it's your lips. It's not so good. Aaron, you're just killing, so good. you're just killing it. Aaron's just <laughs> knocking it down. But, just uh, setting him up, just, I'm knocking him I'm, down. I'm telling you, it was almost to the point, because you guys know how I am. I almost wanted to act like a Karen in the store and go like, excuse me, this is like, what are you guys doing here? Like people are, and the worst thing is three or four people when I was in the aisle, like looking, putting it back, looking, put it back and standing there like fuming almost like some bitch. Like what am I going to do? Four people were like going through, putting it in a little six pack hairs. And I almost wanted to stop them and go like, Hey bud, you know that like expired like in freaking last year, like in November, not like, that's the thing. If it was like January 2nd and it expired, you know, 12, 31, 21, I probably won't throw out much of a stink, but like now it's to the point. I'm like, this is crazy. This is, this is madness. Well, problem with those singles sometimes is it's, it's a lot of the, the cases that are ripped or something or correct. Yeah. And, and sometimes they're not high turning beers, which is one reason why they end up in the singles. Or like it's a seasonal uh, thing because they want everybody to try it. But there were some things there. I mean, well, I'll say this. I saw a bunch of smearing off ices in the singles. It looks like those turn pretty quick. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I was almost half tempted. I was like, I'm going to get a pack of ice and just ice myself. <laughs> like, it's just, it was like so, I mean, just, you know how I am. So you can imagine the look on my face in this aisle just like steaming. Were you a hot little potato? <laughs> a hot little potato. <laughs> I, I, say that, I say that all the time. But you, sh- I'm sure there was someone in the parking lot that like looked at me from afar like, that guy is having a bad day. Because I was like <laughs> doing the mumble swears like I always do and like walking away. Like I'm just struggled. Like sped out of the parking lot. <laughs> oh. So then I was like, I'm just going to have bourbon. I'm done with this crap. So yeah, that's that's what I did. So yeah, but having some bourbon, gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so whatever. We know exactly why now. <laughs> but but we were talking. I I forget who it was. Somehow this came up, like about how part of it is pandemic because a lot of breweries can't keep up with demand, but also some breweries I heard through the grapevine they stopped printing the dates intentionally. I don't, mm. I don't, I believe that's breaking a law or two, but Mm-mm-mm. I could be wrong. Mm-mm. Not my Mm-mm-mm. beer. Mm-mm. No yeah. good. No good. But yeah. Speaking of, speaking of breaking things, <laughs> a streak was broken tonight. The, uh, the only remaining perfect Iron Man streak in beers and a lot amongst beers and a lot podcasters breaks tonight. As Our Phil Kessel. That's right, our, our Phil Kessel. Our Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Riggs is out tonight, but uh, we're going to hold it down. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be okay. I mean, we'll miss we'll him, but fine. it'll be okay. Of course. We just need to get John talking about some salary cap stuff. We'll be golden. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, we don't need that. We don't need that crap. But it, well, all right. Has it been a busy hockey week? Anything stand out to you two? It's been a little bit busy. Uh, it's the, been some Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. Men's USA beat Canada. That's right. Yeah. Did you watch any of that game, Daniel? Yeah. 
All right, I have a question. What did anything strike you about the way that Canadian team played compared to the American team? Slow. Slow, I would totally agree. Yeah. Did you notice anything else? Mm, nothing really stuck out to me, no. Just that they were that slow. They were just slow, so much <laughs> slower than the USA, yeah. Yeah. The one thing I noticed, and it, it kind of made me chuckle, so Claude Julian, old school, like kind of a, not a dinosaur by coaching years, but retread, he's been around the game for a billion years. David right. Quinn, NCAA coach, had a, you know, very short stint with the Rangers. If you notice, all the times Canada dumped the puck, they just dumped it with the hopes to get it. Team USA, after the first couple of minutes and that first goal, you notice how like they would put a puck into space and either create a 50-50 battle or go, all right, we know we're going to win this. So they were doing like the punt and hunt, kind of like Toronto does it. Uh, Vegas does a little bit of it. Pittsburgh does a punt and hunt. Tampa does a punt and hunt. Yeah. Isn't that just dump and chase? Another way to say no, dump and chase? No, <laughs> because I would say like the punt and hunt, it's more you're putting it into a space where you know your player is going to win that battle or it's kind of like let's say you're playing defense, Danny's streaking down the side. I'm going to throw it in the boards knowing Danny's going to get there first. You have to chase him, but I can't make a direct pass. I, I hate to be like stating the obvious, but why on earth wouldn't you play dump and chase like that? <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the difference? If you notice Canada, they just go to like center and throw it in around the boards, hoping okay, yeah. four checkers just... are going to get it. All right. And if you and if you notice like a lot of late 90s, some early 2000 hockey, that's what they do. They call it dump and chase because you would literally just dump it in the corner and you would chase it. There was no expectations that you would get it. It was just over, you know, oh, over 10 times, we'll get it three times versus kind of, I would say the newer style, but it's not even a punt and hunt because they don't dump it into the boards. It's kind of like into the sideboards or this part of the ice. That's why I call it punt and hunt. Almost like a rugby All type right. play, like a rugby type okay. play. We'll call it that. That way we can kind of differentiate it a little bit. Like Team USA was doing more of that. And very early when Team Canada, because they're older and slower, were like, oh, we're bigger and stronger. We're going to try and bump these guys off the puck. That's fine. That worked. But they still got tons of opportunity, skated the daylights out of that team. And also, I think after the first like eight minutes, they kind of controlled play. I, I wasn't super worried. So. so you're saying we got we got a good shot going this time around, getting gold. Absolutely. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Well, it certainly certainly seems good like a good sign that, you know, the two real powerhouses of the men's tournament faced off early. And yeah, I mean the US came out ahead in their whole group. I mean, who else would we, we be Germany and uh China. And China, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> came out ahead in Group A, and that puts us ahead going into the bracket. I think, right? Like that's yeah. So we get a buy. We get a buy through the quarters, which is nice. And even too, like some of the matchups for because this will air Wednesday, so a lot of them happen on Tuesday as we record. But. A lot of the matchups, like nothing certain, especially this Olympics where there's no NHL players. We've seen some really wacky stuff. 
like especially with Lafia. I mean, Lafia has been in a lot of games, which is great. They didn't have uh, NHL superstar Teddy Bluger out there, but <laughs> yep. you know the Swedish and Finnish team. They look very, I would say, ordinary, not in a bad way. Just kind of like you miss some of their high talent guys, and then Russia. I mean, I'm a well, that country needs to be banned from the next couple Olympics anyway. But <laughs> whatever, we'll get into that. How, how do you think it was for Eric Stahl playing all these young kids and getting? completely like demolished do you think that's like do you think that's like us like playing kids and like pick up and like god fuck these kids <laughs> no i think it's i think we would have a better chance against kids he looks like he's struggling a bit but in his in his defense though in his defense though like he has not played an nhl game so like all yeah. the kids from team usa have been playing he's right. been essentially off so like Right. He looked better in the USA game versus the earlier game when they played who they play first out of the gate. When they played Germany, I was kind of like I watched a little bit. I was like, man, he just doesn't look all right. He looked better, but I think he's what, 37 now? I mean, so he's he's not gonna be blazing down and up and down the ice like he used to, you know, when he was young in Carolina. The, those days are gone. Yeah, I mean, and even in Minnesota, when he did have a few good seasons there near the end before he kind of, he picked his spots. He was almost like a Joe Thornton type where like he was never fast. He just was smart enough about reading the play. And then when he went right. to Montreal for the cup run last year, he just, he was very invisible, unfortunately. Like it, I think a lot ca- caught up to him. Have you noticed that with a lot of older players, even in like beer leagues that, a lot of times they they rely on their smarts and the easy play, right? Oh, yeah. As opposed to like, oh, I'm not going to burn this person, but I will pass around you like five or six times and make you look kind of silly that way. Yeah, absolutely. You do the give yeah. and go or the give and no. Yeah. And then you, you do a few of those and you move around certain players. Yeah. But even too, like you kind of, you find out pretty quick, like who has an idea what should be going on or shouldn't be going on. But like I get, I I consider myself most days pretty pretty smart in in how I play and what I do and I pick my spots. But like in a situation where a lot of people don't know what the hell to do, I feel so lost. Like I feel like I'm in the Amazon jungle. I don't even know where to go. Like it's just weird because you try to read certain plays and do certain things. Or like especially if you're good at like reading off certain players and then all of a sudden yeah. they're not in the right spot or like you know a puck's not coming to you or like a certain spot where you know is a let's call it prime spot to get a breakout pass or get a pass or cut through the ice and there's like people there for no reason you're like what is going on this doesn't make sense <laughs> like you're like and then you look at kind of like a prime a let's call it like you know let's call it right up the gut right by the center ice logo and it's like this wide open field and you're like what is what the hell? And you're just like not programmed to do it. You know, Danny, I'm sure you know too. Like, yeah. And it's like, it throws you completely off. Uh, yeah. I mean, I play with, I played with you guys for so long and I know when we play together, we just, we know where we're going to be. Like we know we've played with each other so much that, yeah. uh, I mean, how many times is it we do that one play, Aaron, where you get the puck on the boards and you just bank it off the boards in the air and yeah. just landed on my stick. Yeah, it's it's at least happened, you know, it, it doesn't happen that often. It's a pretty specific situation, but 
it's one of those things that we've done it before. So Daniel sees it. Daniel's like in center ice and sees me in my own zone with, like I said, very specific situation. And he just knows that, okay, I need to get over to the side of the boards because Buck's going to just drop out of the sky and it'll be on my blade and I can go shoot and score. And we've done it a few times where just clear it off the glass and it drops on Daniel's blade and he shoots and scores. I mean, Matthew Stafford, game, the right? Cooper Cup. <laughs> but, well, I know, especially too, like you guys know, when I come behind the net, if I'm on my backhand, I'm going to throw it to the far side of the net, maybe about four or five feet away from the net. And I play with people that like, especially either don't know that I do that. Or like, especially if they're newer hockey players, because we do here and there. And especially when I go behind the net and they come towards me, it totally throws me off. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you, what, what the hell are you doing? You're not supposed Stop. to be here. Yeah. What are you doing? It gets so aggravating. Get but, over there. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the worst thing too, is like, I, sometimes in that situation, like I, and I don't like call people out, like you're an idiot. What are you doing? But I also, I also like do like a mental check when I'm skating back up the ice or something. Like, did I do something wrong? There? Like, is that- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Like Riggs would yell at him. <laughs> yeah, but he'll- Riggs could score a perfect breakaway goal and he'd yell at somebody for a pass. I mean, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He would say that he is holding people accountable to try to make them better players. <laughs> holding yeah, people to co- higher standards. He's a coach. He's a coach. <laughs> he's a coach, so, yeah. yeah. He's a coach. He's trying to I'm, make he's always trying yeah. to make people into better players. That's right. Yep. He's in charge of the development of this league. <laughs> so even fine. if you don't want it. <laughs> that's right. Even if you don't want it. Look, it worked with his own team this season. They won two in a row. Yeah. That's right. It's a winning streak. They're streaking. <laughs> they are streaking. I want to. I want to. I want to <laughs> go back to the Olympics though, because uh, this will air on Wednesday, like you said, John. But uh, yes, also on Wednesday is the women's gold game. So oh, yes. USA and Canada uh, at eleven ten Eastern on Wednesday. Jesus. So um, we can say say go USA women uh, today on Monday and on Wednesday when it airs. So. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, I was really happy to see Hillary Knight had an awesome game today in the semis against the Finns. The Finns actually scared me because they have the best goaltender in the tournament on paper, mm-hmm. and she actually is very talented. So I was kind of like, I would, I don't want to say trap game because I definitely don't like saying that. Especially, you know, there's a lot of heat on women's hockey. You know, oh, is it? You know, should it be in? Because not competitive. Blah blah blah. A at first. It most certainly deserves to be in the Olympics. I don't care what anyone says. And two, yeah. like we kind of said last week, if you're a United States or Canadian fan or player, it's not your problem that other nations are either behind or not putting the resources that our two hockey-loving countries are. Sweden, Finland, right. the Swiss had a great run. They made it to the quarters, so they're going to play the Finns for a bronze. Like, that's great. And same yeah. with the Finns. Swedes had an, a so-so tournament. China, Japan, they had a great tournament too. So yeah. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of great things that they can hold their their hat on. And especially China, like we, I mean, we touched on it, so we don't need to go back. But like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a whole generation of men and women's hockey players start to, you know, 
play at the youth levels, which is awesome. And hopefully in a few, you know, couple of generations, may, maybe they advance to the quarters. Maybe they get to a semi. Hell, right. maybe even a gold. In the women's, I would still hope Canada doesn't. And then that way, USA can still play for gold. But, like, whatever. <laughs> Same with men's. Like, you know, I, I think I'm fine with that. Oh, no, you you yeah. mentioned the Finland game, too. Like, uh, I think, like you said, it's, it's kind of a big deal because because yeah they had they had the best goaltender in the tournament and uh USA was kind of struggling offensively like they were putting up loads of shots but they just weren't scoring and in particular Riggs even said the power play was a problem yeah in the game versus Canada and USA got a power play goal against the Finns and yep they scored four goals on 42 shots like they 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 got pretty close to 10% which is really what you're after so uh that's that's good that's been kind of the mo for the entire tournament though they outshoot their opponents and everyone obviously minus canada they've had an issue but i think uh their coach touched on it too he kind of said you know we're, we're in the tournament and we play the game to score goals not accumulate shots but this right. game there was a conscious effort to shoot from better quality areas in some of the games, especially when they played that opening game and they kind of ram ram shot, they kind of, uh, I wouldn't say we're cherry picking some of the shots, but they were a little bit. And some of those bad angles, obviously because of the skill they had, they're putting it in. So right. today, little, little closer to the net, a little more confusion in front of the net and chaos and whatnot. So that's good. Canada, they did what we, kind of thought they would do <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> sarah nurse had like four or five assists something like that today too so like Jeez, she's lighting it up poolin's lighting it up jenner's doing well i mean they're canada's doing fine yep it's gonna be a good game we're gonna give them ladies a test <laughs> yeah. <on> Wednesday. <laughs> yep. so it's gonna be a good game on wednesday the the winning team will be deserving oh absolutely Aaron. Your boy, your most feared nemesis from like NHL 2007, by the way, is now a coach. The man who could decimate <laughs> Zdeno Chara. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I don't know how we ended up with this. But somehow, John and I were playing a game in NHL 07 or whatever. Yeah, it was like, like 06, 07, 08, some, somewhere around there. And somehow I had Chara on my team, You're and he had Ottawa. Marty. He I was oh, playing with been, Tampa. He was yeah. playing with Tampa. So Marty St. Louis <laughs> is trying to forecheck Zdeno Chara with the puck in his own zone, and somehow just lays this body destroying hit on Chara, <laughs> Marty St. Louis now, and just lays out the biggest Quad man father. in the league. I was going to say, it's the legs. It's the yeah. legs, though. Yeah, it was definitely legs. <laughs> he had that low center of gravity. And yeah. Took, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marty St. Louis behind the bench, though. Yeah, that's, that's like pretty that. exciting. I like that. Mm -hmm. He's not a retread. It's a fresh voice. He's coached top-end players. And I know this sounds bad. And yes, they are NHL players. But like, if you looked at Montreal's effort, the team looks like they hate going to the rink. They hate being mm. there. Marty St. Louis, just because he's an ex-player, he kind of knows what the heat is like, you know, in, in dealing with some of that bullshit. Now, obviously, he didn't deal with it in Montreal, but, like, 
I, I think Marty can kind of take some of that off of those guys. And, right. and, and two, like he's a player. So I would imagine a lot of his uh, practices are going to be a little more upbeat, high tempo player type practices, you know, stuff you want to do. I don't know what their practice schedules like, but I imagine he's going to keep it a little more light than uh the charm did. I heard, I heard, you know, you, you read some stuff and you see some stuff after a guy gets fired and I don't want to lump on him because it wasn't just coaching. They had tons of injury issues, blah, blah, blah. List goes on. The rumor was a lot of the stuff they were running was junior type system, which is where Descharm came from. He was a junior coach and he was a world junior head coach for Team Canada. And then he ended up as an assistant. And then when Julian got canned last year, he ended up coaching, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it, I heard it was a lot of junior type systems, kind of, he was kind of hard ass. And well, we, we, we kind of see what happens with hard-ass coaches like especially now with players having way more control of not really what they run in terms of systems and stuff but like oh well all right well uh come free agency i'm not coming here or oh well i'm a free agent at the end of the year so whatever go ahead (laughs) so league's better when montreal's competitive and having fun at least so yeah we need this it's just good to see faces that you recognize. I think, I don't know, seeing, seeing Marty St. Louis back involved with the, with, with the league is it's great. It just feels right. It's like Marty St. Louis should be involved in this game more. And, and it's probably one of many that are still going to come. Like some of the, these guys that we grew up watching are probably going to end up behind the bench and we're going to be like, Oh, I remember when this guy played. And I, I think that's, it's kind of interesting as we get older, it's kind of like watching the Super Bowl halftime show and thinking, man, it's great that they, <laughs> they didn't go with one of those old artists, you know, <laughs> and then you realize, like, oh, it's because we're Shit. getting old. He is old. <laughs> oh, we're he old. Is, we're old. So it's, it's kind of weird making this transition into seeing like players that, that were superstars when I was a kid. Uh, now they're coaches and, uh, I'm, I'm not a kid. <laughs> if you, you kind of look or look around the league. So like Paul Korea and Niedermeyer were helping out in the Pat Verbeek GM hire. So that's three players growing up. We were there. Right. Marty's there. There's rumors like crazy that hobby Bulin's going to go be the goaltending coach at Montreal mm. and Vinny LeCavalier is going to join the front office, which I, Oh my. I know that would be so interesting because Vinny LeCavalier from the second he was drafted by Tampa, there was always a rumor in the back pocket. And this is the, cause I'm a crazy rumor person and I know all the nonsense cause I'm a dork, but like in the early days of like internet hockey trade rumors, it, every trade deadline, it was Vinny LeCavalier to Montreal every single <laughs> year. The year yeah. they won the freaking cup, it was like, Vinny, I hear is going to Montreal. Like, why? Why the <laughs> fuck would he go to Montreal every year? But it, but especially I, like, I want to, I want to take a second here, real quick, just to point out that year that Tampa Bay won the cup, I know a guy who predicted that Tampa would win the cup in preseason. Preseason, he called it out. He's like, you know what? I think Tampa's going to win this year. I think they're going to win the cup. That man was Daniel right here. 
our own hold, Daniel. Hold, hold your applause. Hold your applause, please. <laughs> he called it. He, he just made a bold prediction about Stanley Cup winner in preseason, and lo and behold, there they go, lifting the cup. It was, yeah, it was, well, it was amazing. If only I put money <laughs> on that. I know, right? You should have. You would have made bank. Yeah, because I don't even they think they were... came out of nowhere. No, yeah, yeah, they no, weren't, they weren't in... really in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were a good team, but they weren't like, oh, they're the favorite. They're definitely going to win or they're going to have a good shot at winning. Like, they, I mean, they had Le Cavier and Mark St. Louis and, and Hobby was the goaltender, right? Yes, Hobby Mullen. Right? Yeah. And if I remember all that right, the way they did it, they beat Philly in a seven game series. I know for a fact the Calgary Tampa was a seven game series, but Marty St. Louis scored a game six overtime goal in Calgary to bring it back to Tampa. And then Fedotenko uh, got the, uh, he, got, Fed. he got two, I think he got two in game seven, two in game seven. Yeah, that's name, right. I can name a ton of people on both of those teams. Fetty I remember buddy. that vividly. With two in games. Yeah, that's right. Against, uh, yes. Against the uh, the Flames, right? That's who they played? Yep. Hippersoff yeah. is goalie. Yeah. There was a big fight that series. Do you remember it? Do you remember who fought? Oh. Uh, it was like an was all-time NHL fight. It was Iggy and Hootie fight. Do you remember who Iggy fought? Was it Richards? No. I don't know Vinny. who it was. It was Vinny. Vinny. Oh. They fought. I, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's... That's good stuff. Bad Richards. I remember that guy. Bad too, Richards. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you remember Brad Richards, Brad Richards, uh, he ended up, if I remember the timeline correctly, he won the Smythe for MVP. I think a few years later, he ended up in Dallas and then he got the massive contract, massive to, uh, to New York. And then they bought him out and he ended up in Detroit for a season. Hmm. It was Brad, the end of Brad Richards' career. But I remember, like, he had a ton of points in the playoffs, had a really good regular season, and he never matched it after that Stanley Cup year. Like a lot of people, I mean, they have a sick playoff. I mean, Fernando Prasani comes to mind for the Oilers. Oh, yeah, do you remember? See? Yeah. 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 And he came out of freaking nowhere. Nowhere. And he got a big deal from Chicago. Yeah. Dork. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like who the hell are you talking about man there was a lot of big names on that team though i'm looking at the roster and thinking oh yeah that guy yeah dude so if you go if you go uh flames they had Lankow, damon Lankow, damon yeah. Lankow. kipper was the goalie commodore i think was on that team yep mike commodore Christoph Oliwa was on the team. Neiman. Yeah, geez. Hello, Neiman. Yeah, Billy Neiman. Billy Neiman. Yeah. Wow. Chuck Kobasu. Stefan yeah. Yell was on that yep, team. Stefan Yell. Robin Regeer. Oh, man. Yeah. Dad, that, was Daddy, a, that was Daddy, a very solid, good team. Daryl Sutter was a coach. Hmm. Very, very good team. Tampa was good, too. They had, Mo, they had Modine. They yep. had Richards, Lankow, or not Lankow, uh, Richards, Le Cavalier, St. Louis, Ruslan Fedetango, Andrew Chuck. Yep. Oh, my Fedesankov. God. Sankov. Yeah. Tim the Tool Man, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> man. 
Do you remember that yeah. was at the same time? Because uh, <laughs> like two seasons later, Andrew Tuck retired. He had like a brutal, brutal year after the lockout. Because Tampa Bay won. They did the World Cup of Hockey. Canada beat Finland, I think, in the final. And then like the next day, they're like, oh, and tomorrow starts the NHL lockout. Like that was the end of the ESPN yeah, broadcast. Right. And then they mm-hmm. had like the year and a half layoff because of the lockout. Andrew Tuck came back, had a horrible one. And Danny said the reason why Andrew Tuck was horrible was because he wasn't practicing with Vinny LeCavulet and the smart hockey ball. Remember that? Smart <laughs> hockey yeah. ball, yeah. Remember that? Because he was doing those ads for the smart hockey ball yeah. all the time. And they, <laughs> came out, they came out with the CDs with all the all the drills you could do. Oh, my God. Danny, Danny's exact words, like when I – because I, I was like, man, Andrew Chuck just fell off a cliff. Oh, I mean, you could imagine what a nerd I was with stats back in the day still. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, my God, he fell off a cliff. And Danny's just like, well, he's not working with Vinny and the smart hockey ball. Of course he fell off a cliff. Like, <laughs> and for those, now they have like the green biscuit. Uh, but the smart hockey ball was the original off-ice trainer. And that mm-hmm. was a ball that you could use on any surface. It's actually still a very... I'm sure they still have them around. I just don't see them. No. But <laughs> but uh, the whole idea is it mimicked the contact point of a puck on your stick, and it had the same weight. So that's yeah. a smart hockey ball. <laughs> For all the kids that don't know. We used to test them out when we were working. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We'd test them we all worked in the pro shop, and we'd test them out just to be sure yeah. that they were, you know, good. <laughs> Golf ball still works really well, too. That's for overspeed mm-hmm. training. <laughs> good times yep taking it taking it back to 2004 2003 Aaron just wears out the green biscuits yeah I just wear them out it doesn't make me any better though <laughs> Aaron the only three people in the world I have known to wear down a green biscuit it's Swaggy P from Elevate 802 Pavel Barber and Aaron Michaels this is the only three people I've ever seen wear down a green biscuit I wore two of them down. I actually had to buy you new ones because I wore two of them out. <laughs> I still don't have a hand, so. Hey, hey, guys, did you guys see the big news today about Jack Eichel? No. He's practicing sellies for... Uh... No, he's not. He's playing on Wednesday. Mark Stone, as of today, won on LTIR. Mm. He apparently has a severe back injury. Ooh. That sucks. That sucks. Like literally has a back injury, like a real back injury, not just from carrying the team. Actual, not like Daniel's back injuries, a legit back <laughs> injury. Or not like Aaron when he says goes for empty net, so he jumps on his back. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, another beers and a lot episode. Another joke about Aaron and empty net goals. Weird. And another outro and another thank you to our listeners. Not weird at all because you guys are great. I do also want to say thank you to the folks who joined Discord in the past week. Because we've had a few. You know who you are. I see you. I appreciate you. Beersandalot.com slash Discord would be the next one. Oh, and more appreciation to those of you who've been evangelizing and telling folks to listen to our show. We've seen some more listens lately. That's great. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for 79. We'll see you next week on 80. Have a good one.